You're listening to the Word of Life AG podcast. Each week, a member of our staff shares a Devo, talking through a piece of our mission, vision, and culture. This is that Devo. Let's check it out. All right, well, today I'm going to continue what has really been stretched out over a period of months that hopefully is going to be um, a concise and worthwhile six-part series um, as part of these staff devos and leadership devos that we're sharing with the church, the podcast. But really, we've broken down the church mission statement, and we've sort of been able to divide it up into six different blocks or chunks. And I wanted to take each one of those six individually and sort of start you know, exploring it a little bit and start considering about you know, what it means in detail. It's all well and good to have a mission statement that's words on a page and even something that we've all got memorized. But I think it's important that we get this buried deep in our heart. And so hopefully by taking the time to look at it sort of step by step and a little piece at a time, it really does help cement it in our minds. And so one more time, the mission and the vision statement of Word of Life is leading individuals to become faithful and effective followers of Jesus. And today in week five, we're going to look at that word and that term, and effective. That term, and effective. Now, effective in the New Testament, if you sort of were to do any kind of word search or explore the topic, it's most commonly linked to being fruitful. The imagery and the illustration and the metaphor of being productive or helpful or making a difference and being effective is often expressed through this picture of being fruitful. It's connected with harvest time and it's connected with agriculture, you know, trees bearing fruit, good seeds bearing fruit, etc. And the verse that I wanted to look at today, um, that indeed sort of taps into this idea of agriculture and farming, um, it's a well-known verse, you'll know it well, but Luke 10:1, the Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now, I've heard this many times before. I've read this many times before, just like you have. But a few thoughts from this sprang out to me as I was preparing for today. And the first thing is that there's nothing wrong with the conditions for harvest. As Jesus has given his instructions to the 72 that are about to go out and continue the ministry that him and the other 12 disciples have began, that there's nothing wrong. There's no sort of instructions. There's no sort of like, you know, woe is us because the conditions of the harvest are wrong. There's nothing wrong with conditions for harvest is what we get from this. The second thing is there's no crisis with the methodology. There's no crisis with trying to figure out how are we supposed to do this? How are we supposed to go about doing this? But instead, and this is the third thing I wrote down, is that the primary concern that Jesus is saying to these 72 is they're about to go out and continue the ministry that he began. They're going to go out and start letting the good people know all about who Jesus is and what it means to enter into the kingdom of God. The primary concern is we need more workers. It's not methodology. There's not groaning and grumbling about the conditions that they're being sent into. The concern, the primary concern is that we need more. The conditions for harvest. I, for one, refuse to believe that the conditions for the church in 21st century America are bad and wrong and are sending us to the detriment. The day of Pentecost, we just celebrated Pentecost just a few weeks ago. On that day, in Acts 2, you can see that the crowd that had gathered to see what on earth was going on with the believers. Firstly, they assumed that people were drunk. The people in that crowd that were looking at what was happening with the disciples, they were confused. They were mocking the believers. There were doubts and there was even rejection. But in that environment, an environment of doubt, an environment of confusion, an environment of people making fun of the believers. It was in that environment that Peter steps forward, declares the good news of Jesus. And in that environment, in those conditions, God saved 3,000 people that day. Now, I know that the world doesn't respect the church in the way that it appeared it did a few decades ago. 
I know that the world's sense of morality and ethics today have completely divorced from the church. I know that the American culture seems bleak and broken and divided and angry and selfish and hedonistic. But we shouldn't pretend that Jesus didn't come into a messed up world. He came into a messed up world to heal messed up people. And because of his grace and love and compassion, he is committed to cleaning up messy people. And I, for one, am eternally grateful that Jesus cleaned up messy people. Now, the passage we just read, we shouldn't assume that the conditions then were better than the conditions for us today. The conditions that Jesus sent the 72 in. Why on earth would we think that that was any better, any easier than it would be for us in 21st century America today? And yet, Jesus attracted crowds, and he caused riots. Likewise, Paul and the apostles, they attracted crowds, and they caused riots. And they got themselves in jail cells and publicly beaten up too. And yet, Jesus doesn't appear worried about the condition of the harvest. The second thing is that there was no immediate crisis with methodology. Now, we can't ignore, and it would be irresponsible to ignore, that the Bible does indeed give methods, and people are wise to pursue strategy and so on. But here we're given that the main agenda is that we need more workers. It's secondary to be locked into methodology. To highlight this point further, the instructions that were in chapter 9, the chapter 4, as the 12 disciples initially went out, so this is prior to what we just read in Luke 9, one day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he set them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. This is his instruction. This is his methodology. Take nothing for your journey, he instructed them. Don't take a walking stick, a traveler's bag, food, money, or even a change of clothes. Wherever you go, stay in the same house until you leave town. And if a town refuses to welcome you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. The instruction, the methodology. Don't take anything with you. Stay in the same house. Shake the dust off your feet if the people don't like your message. That's the methodology that Jesus gives. And yet we see Luke 9 verse 6, this is talking about the 12. So they began their circuit of the villages preaching the good news and healing the sick. Now, I will admit that I have a strong tendency to drift towards finding the right methodology and locking into, you know, discovering the right strategy and crafting the right plan and believing that this is all primary and this is all what we need to do to be effective. But while all that is well and good, and it certainly has its place, from this scripture and after contemplating, I have to recognize that the primary concern that Jesus is putting in front of the 72 is we need more people being effective, not having a select few being more effective. We need more people being effective. We need more people getting started on their journey of being effective in ministry and getting started and getting going and being passionate about seeing God move in their lives and being passionate about seeing God using them in their day-to-day lives. We don't need more specialists. We don't need need a handful, select few. We don't need those holy select ones. Those are the ones God's going to use and those people being more effective and those people being better skilled at their, their ministry. We need more people that are ready to go and get the harvest. For our church to be more effective, we need more and more bricklayers and laborers and contractors, not just an office with a small group of architects. For our church to be more effective, we need more and more bricklayers and laborers and contractors, not just an office with a small group of architects. The overlooked reality is we need more people ready and willing to be effective. It continues to be a defining theme for our church that we need to be a church beyond Sunday. 
So this is not 100%, um, you know, just limited to the confines of our church and the church ministry, but it absolutely speaks to the day-to-day -day lives of believers. And I've got seven things, and I had to cut it off at seven, otherwise we'd be here all the way through dinner time. I had to cut off at seven, but I've got seven ways that we can encourage people and we can uh, hopefully work towards seeing more people joining us in the mission about being busy about the Lord's work in their day-to-day -day life. So seven things. Effective means more people wanting to be effective. First thing, effective means more people wanting to be effective. Now, as with almost everything, this starts with a mindset and an attitude. We can talk about and preach about the need for each and every believer or member of Word of Life to embrace this call to be both faithful and effective as we follow Jesus. But until someone has a deep desire to be effective, I wouldn't expect too much. Now, a few ways that I would suggest is to help people want to be effective. This is something to consider in trying to entice people and trying to coax people and trying to encourage people. Come on, don't you want to be effective? Don't you want God to use you in your life? First thing is offer a wide range of ways to be involved. If we offer people a wide range of, way, uh, of ways to be involved, not just a handful of positions, not just something boring and cumbersome, but no, 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 a wide scope of ministry for people to jump in and different ways for them to use their skills, talents, abilities, and passions. Second thing, remind people of the outcome. We try to do this as much as possible. We want to put the stories and the testimonies of people in front of the church. We want people to know. We want people to hear from the people who've been blessed and their lives have been touched by the work of Word of Life Church. And hopefully we're able to see that um, every single part that everybody has played has all come together to make this difference. And that brings me to the next one. Celebrate each step of the process. If someone gets to church on a Sunday morning and this is the Sunday where they make that first decision to follow Jesus, they decide this is the Sunday. Yes, I believe that Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, died for me. He rose again, conquering the power of sin and death in my life. I want to follow him with everything. I, wanna, I really hope that the greeters feel just as much joy as the worship team. I really hope that the people serving in the cafe that day feel just as much joy and just as much sense of fulfillment as the person with a microphone who actually gave the altar call and the appeal. I hope the people on the prayer team Feel just as much celebration and just as much joy as the people in the kids' ministry that day. I hope that everybody sees that every single piece that each and every one of us, every single person on our team, every person in our church plays, all helped to build to that moment and help the Lord used it to help get someone to that point. I hope that every single person who's a part of the church and is a part of the process somewhere believes deep in their heart that God used that to get people to that point in whichever way people are blessed. So offer a wide range of ways to be involved, remind people of the outcome and celebrate each step of the process. That's effective means more people wanting to be effective. Second thing, second of seven. Effective means more people making a difference. Effective means more people making a difference. When we talk about being effective, in essence, what we are talking about is that we are changing things up. We are making a difference. We are having an impact. Something has happened so that we can clearly point and say, this was this way, and then something happened. Something effective happened, and now it's this way. It is something happened. It is some kind of change that is happening. And for people to have this desire and this drive to make a difference, there needs to be a discontentment with the status quo. Now, we see this all day long in our church. Uh, some people that came to my mind, and there are many, many more. Um, Janet Theron came to mind. 
Janet just sort of looked at, at our community and saw that there were different ways that we could help and different ways where government programs weren't, you know, that there was a gap between the needs that people had and where the government program stepped in. She's like, you know what, I'm going to set up an organization, I'm going to set up a nonprofit that's going to step in and fill the gap. I, I would also point to Luke and say it would be so easy for Luke to consider the worship of our church and say, you know what, if we played with excellence and if we sort of sang really nice songs and we sang really well, worship would be great. But that's not. Luke has a discontentment with the status quo. No, we're going to have worship that is presence driven. We're going to have worship that continues to invite people to step in. We're not just putting on a show. I don't even know how easy it would be for Luke to put on a show. The man is so talented. He's the American Paul McCartney. But that's not, there's a discontentment. This can't just be a performance. We need to pull people in. I think about Annie and especially the Youth Alive ministry that's going on right now and just like this discontentment of Annie and the school teacher that she's working with at Baker High School. We can't just have a high school that's going to hell in a handbasket. We need to be a solution. We need to step in. We need to show these students the love of God and we're going to have a prayer meeting. We don't care how much flack we get. We don't care about the rumors that are flying around about what bunch of crazy weirdos are meeting in that room to pray. We're going to pray and we're going to believe God and the stories that are coming out of that are unbelievable but it started with discontentment i thought about the rangers leaders as as you probably know my son moses he loves going to royal rangers on wednesday on wednesday morning is the first thing on his mind he loves going to rangers and i am so grateful to commander jeff commander jared commander jim that are there and they've just seen a need that young men need good role models they need to gather together and need to embrace being boys and need to embrace being young men that are growing up with god at the center of their lives born out of discontentment. We're not just going to let young men just drift along through life. No, we're going to step in. It all starts with that discontentment. And as I'm sure you can all imagine, there are many, many more examples that we could all point to. But looking around, we're going to conclude that this is not earth as it is in heaven. And therefore, we have a responsibility to do something about it. That is making a difference. That is being effective. I have to move on for the sake of time. Effective means more people looking for opportunity. Effective means more people looking for opportunity. I saw a YouTube short recently. This is completely off topic, but the YouTube algorithm for me is all kinds of crazy. Um, the videos that it keeps suggesting for me to want to watch make absolutely no sense. Last week, they continually wanted me to watch videos of Eminem at award shows. I have no... <laughs> I, I have absolutely no idea. I also keep getting videos of people um, like who uh, clean carpets for a living. And so they get carpets out of dumpsters and then they do like industrial cleaning techniques. And so you get like the before and after within a minute. As fascinating as it is, I have no idea why two YouTubers decide that I need to see these. <laughs> but there's a young man, I forget his name. I wish I could remember it so I could tell you. But there's a young man who's a Christian guy. And he records a lot of these sort of one minute clips, you know, sort of daily thoughts. And here's something to keep in mind or they're clips from his podcast or something. But one of the ones that did catch me, and this did make sense why YouTube suggested this one to me. But this one minute clip, he said something to the effect of, can you imagine if all believers all day long were praying, God, where's my opportunity? Like, God, how can I make a difference in this? Like, God, how can you use me to show kindness? How can you use me to help people? And then just a few weeks ago, Megan said the exact same thing um, at our ATM meeting before service. Like, pray. Like, God, how can you use me? God, bless that person. God, how can I make a difference to that person? How can I help somebody connect to you with that person? Lord, how can I share something with that person that's going to be helpful? How can I encourage that person? How can I show someone your love today? Like, if we all just went around, each and every believer, 
just went around constantly with that prayer, rolling around in the back of their mind, like, Lord, what, what, who, can I, who can I bless? Who can I be kind to? Who can I smile at? Who can I, who, how can I make a positive difference in this environment? I just walked into Wagmans. How can I make a difference? I'm getting an oil change done in my vehicle. How can I make a difference? Lord, I'm at a, you know, a little league game. How can I make a difference? I don't mean how can I yell at the empire. How can I make a difference? How can I be, if we all did that, I, it's incalculable to see the difference that we would make. But effective means more people looking for opportunity. Number four, effective means more people celebrating the right things. Effective means more people celebrating the right things. Great example for this. You've likely, uh, likely heard me say it before, but one of the reasons I love 99.1 and I'm so pleased that, you know, Annie is diligently, you know, working towards that and diligently sort of pursuing with that ministry and the word of life has got behind her as she's going into these incredibly dark places and bringing the light of God. One of the reasons I love that ministry so much is that it's not about the crowd. I, I it, it's, it, it's somewhat of a shame and unfortunately it's almost of an indictment on the church that we get jazzed up and we get you know, all kinds of excited when we hear about the thousands getting saved. And of course, the thousands getting saved is fantastic. I mean, how could we ever look down upon that? But we shouldn't then sort of think less of ministries that see the ones and the twos and the five and the sixes. And I think about, and I, because, you know, Annie's a part of our team and sort of we get a chance to hear from her and sort of she gets to update us with how the ministry's going. It's amazing to me every time she talks about the journeying that she's committed to doing with the ladies that she's reaching out to. It's not a one time I get to meet you, explain the gospel, you've made a decision and then I'm moving on to the next. It's I am going to journey with you for years. Bump in the road, <laughs> ups and downs, roller coaster. 20 steps forward, 98 steps back, the whole kit and caboodle, I'm here with it. That, my friends, is what we should be celebrating, is anything, anything that shows that God is moving in among his people. Anytime that God's love is breaking through, anytime somebody is drawing closer to God, that is a cause for celebration. That is what we should be celebrating. We shouldn't just celebrate the crowds. We shouldn't just celebrate the massive numbers. This is about the ones and the twos as well. And we can't forget those people. So, Annie, I appreciate you being such a great example in that, in that there's a place for high-fiving about the crowds. There's a place for high-fiving about the hundreds and the thousands. But my goodness, I want to celebrate with just as much passion and just as much sincerity about the ones and the twos that didn't get there after a 20-minute altar call. They got there after years of faithfulness and years of someone's determination and grit that they are not going to abandon people. Number five. Effective means more people prioritizing people. Effective means more people prioritizing people. Matthew twenty two thirty five. one of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him, Jesus, with this question, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. End of conversation. Would have made total sense. But that's not where Jesus stopped. A second is equally important. Now, we've heard this so many times, and we know the message of Jesus, and we know the, the culture that Jesus, you know, we know the Bible so much that we forget that, hold on, what do you mean there's a second that's equally as important? Like, hang, hold on, what you're about to say is right up there and equally as important as love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus is saying that's just as important 
I'm reading a book right now, and they spent an entire chapter considering the significance of Jesus teaching us that loving people as much as we love ourselves is comparable to the weight of loving God with everything. It's huge. Like, that's a revolutionary statement that Jesus is making. Unfortunately, we've heard it so many times that it doesn't stand out to us in the way that it should. It certainly would have to the first century Jewish audience. But this idea of, oh, this is equally important. Likewise, when Jesus says, if you're going to the temple to make your sacrifice, there is nothing more important than going to the temple to make your sacrifice for the first century Jewish people. There is nothing more important with that. That's how you maintain your relationship with God. That's how you know you're a part of the covenant community. That's how you know you're part of God's people and that you're a part of God's promises is you go to the temple and you make your sacrifice. And Jesus says, if you've got a problem with someone, forget your sacrifice, go home and make peace with your brother or sister. What, what are you, Jesus, what are you talking about? There's nothing more important than making my sacrifice. Why would I abandon that to go and make peace with some bozo down the street? And Jesus says, no, this doesn't work if it's just this vertical relationship. There's this horizontal expression that needs to happen. The reason is that's God's priority. People are God's priority. That's what's proven on the cross. That's what's shown throughout history time and time again. That is God's priority. That's why Jesus is truthfully echoing the Old Testament prophets saying, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. They're not showing mercy to God. They're showing mercy to each other. And that's the heart of God. When we prioritize people, we're sharing the priorities of God. Effective means more people prioritizing people. Number six, effective means more people finding joy in ministry. Effective means more people finding joy in ministry. I have seen over and over again, there's a good chance you have as well, that people will be hesitant and resistant to being a part of a particular ministry or to share faith as part of their day-to-day -day lives. But once they've started, once they've kind of taken that scary first step, gotten over that initial reluctance, they get so filled up that they just can't stop. They just can't stop. Jesus promised what he said. It's truly better to give than to receive. And once we start giving, we start to find that joy. Once we start putting other people first, when we start being active in ministry, when we start pursuing this whole idea of being effective, and we start to feel the joy and the reward in it, man, it's, it's just, it's almost addictive. You just want to keep going. You just go, don't want to stop. You want to keep seeing people connecting to God in a life-changing way. It's a joy. It's fulfilling. It's rewarding to be used by God in reaching people. It's one of the reasons I never feel guilty about inviting people to join a team or be a part of ministry. I never feel guilty about asking people to join a team because it is one of the most selfless things you can do. It is unbelievable to be able to help people. It looks selfless, but then the reward that comes back and the fulfillment that comes, oh my gosh, it's through the roof. There is, a, there is no greater feeling than knowing that you've been used by God to help people connect with him. It's incredibly enriching. Number seven. Effective means more people praying. Effective means more people praying. Underpinning all of this, underpinning all the hard work we do, all the work we do on Planning Center, all the work we do in planning and scheduling and strategizing and doing everything we can to be a church that's active in ministry. Underlying all of it, the absolute bedrock, is the need for prayer. God makes the difference, not us. We might be able to put on a good event. We might be able to do a great service, but we can't spur revival. We can't change people's hearts. We can't draw people to abandon their life of sin and come into a life of God. That's all him. We can't do that. And that the power of prayer and the, the absolute essential nature of prayer is unbelievable to describe. So everything that has been said today, 
anything that comes to our mind as we think about this whole idea about being an effective church and being effective in ministry, all of it is dependent on prayer. There's a, um, a well-known preacher in Texas, and I was down there and had a chance to listen to him, and he was opening up quite vulnerably about um, he, he'd had an extremely difficult few years. And he found himself in a counselor's office, and he, he's sort of processing, you know, where he's up to in life and, um, you know, some difficulties going through and so on. And, and he gets to the point where he's talking about church and ministry, and the counselor's a, another Christian, and he brings up the nature of preaching. And he says, you know what, though? Um, when I get it right, man, I can smash a home run. And the counselor kind of put his pen down and said, dude, you're just swinging a bat. God's the one that brings a home run. You're just swinging a bat. I thought that was such a great... I mean, the guy's already down, so I feel like you're really, really kicking him when he's having a tough go. But what a great reminder. We're up here just swinging bats. But Lord, with your help with you answering our prayer, with you being behind us, with you inspiring us through prayer about where we should be putting our focus and where we should be putting our efforts and how we should be tending to the harvest. He can do incredible things. That verse from Luke 10 again. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great. The conditions for the harvest are not the problem. You are not living in 21st century America where it's impossible to see converts. The destiny and the fate of the high school is not already decided. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So what do we do about it? Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers. We can have so much focus. And honestly, there's a place for it. I'm not trying to completely discount. We can have so much focus on getting the right strategy, having the right ministry endeavors, having the right stuff in place, having the, the most accurate and detailed plan that we possibly can. Like we can easily fall into that trap, and I know that I'm guilty of it. But as I read this, I'm inspired to, no, 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 we need more people to get up and get moving. Let's go. We need more people with a fire in their belly to go and the determination to be effective. I'll run through those seven again for you. Effective means more people wanting to be effective. Effective means more people making a difference. Effective means more people looking for opportunity. Effective means more people celebrating the right things. Effective means more people prioritizing people. Effective means more people finding joy in ministry. Effective means more people praying. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Lord, we are praying for those workers right now. Lord, we need you to send people. Lord, we want to do what we can. Lord, we already have a, a large number of faithful people in our church that are dedicated and committed to being effective and they will sacrifice their time and their effort to, to be effective and be a part of our ministry teams. But Lord, we're asking for more. Lord, you told us to pray for more. This is your instruction for us as your people to pray for more people. So we are praying for what you have told us to pray for, which gives me a deep confidence that you will answer it. I don't believe, Lord, you've told us to pray for things that you don't intend to answer. So, Lord, as we pray and as we ask you, Lord, please send people to come who have got a, a fire in their belly to go and be effective, not only here in the church and the different ministries that we are part of and that we facilitate, but, Lord, in their workplaces. Lord, rise that up in people that desire to be effective in their job and in their family and in their workplaces and wherever life takes them. Lord, we submit all of this to you. 
And Lord, we anticipate with great joy that you are going to answer this prayer and the workers are coming. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.